Yo. Hey everyone. Back Welcome again. back. Welcome back. Another dandy episode for you guys. One of the best, honestly. One of yes. the best you're gonna you're gonna hear in a, in a long time from any other podcast except from ours from last Friday. Because yes. that one was amazing as well. That was amazing as well. Shout and out now Zane. we're here to shatter that one. <clears throat> Shout out Zane. But we're gonna <laughs> shatter it. I feel like but that's a good thing though. I feel like if the 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 closest episode you do or the like the closest thing you do is the best because it's yes. like that's the that's where I am. That's mo- where you the are most currently. presently. Exactly. The most yes. presently, the most current. That's where we are. And and today's episode is about to blow you guys away because we're gonna start talking about some really, really in depth topics because we have someone who's very close to us. Yeah uh, man. A really close friend we of love ours. The guy. I mean we really do. I mean he's a he's a, a very lovely person. Very you're gonna smart, get a, you're gonna get talented, a chance to meet him as well. Very caring. Yeah. So without further ado, guys, we have a future congressman in the room, David yeah. Kim. <laughs> David yeah. Kim. What hello, up? hello. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yes. Um, thank you for joining us. No, those were some crazy kind words. I <laughs> don't know if I earned that, but thank you so much. Well, hey, we're gonna put you through the stress test of clear the haze. <laughs> okay. To see just how well you perform. Yeah. All right. And then, you know, all of our listeners, maybe you guys can, you know, write in, cast your ballot from wherever the heck you are Definitely. and make this happen. So yeah. what do we Well, first? First things first. What are, what you're running for Congress? I'm running for Congress. Wow. That's yeah. a big step in, his, in its own. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I moved to L.A. What? Nine years ago. Who would have thought when I moved here? Um, that I'd be running for Congress, but mm. it kind of just all led to that. Yeah. You know how like they say like everything that happened in your life, whether it be situations or people that you meet, it's it all comes and combines to lead you to this point. Yeah. And like that's that's why you're here and that's what makes you here. So like when you look at that, it's so fascinating. But but yeah, I mean, if it were me, like if I had my choice to kind of like go take a retreat from life go spend life on the bahamas or on an island i totally do it yeah but then there's this like greater calling to like just really run for congress because i mean i don't think this life is something for us to live and enjoy on our own individually selfishly yeah but but we're all in this together this common human thread of mankind and so if that's the case then i should be looking at the people across the aisle of people next to me my neighbors and seeing their suffering and and feeling for that because their suffering is mine and so when i see like masses of people suffering like financially especially with having this chronic economic anxiety day by day of how to make ends meet on on how to pay rent for the next month on how many more gigs to get how many more multiple part-time jobs to get like when i see that it's like so distressing to see and it's so painful to see it's like yeah. no we can do better guys like we're the human race like we're like we can help each other out we need to find a way mm-hmm. and so when you kind of look at all of that it it just i mean I, you guys probably have friends that drive for uber and then also have something else yeah or yeah. or they have two or three jobs i mean right like without yeah. a doubt people without. work for doordash or they'll go uber eats or grub 24 or whatever like everybody's got a little side hustle here and there to make some extra income yeah yeah, yeah i mean and and that's exactly why i just feel like in the sense of it doesn't make sense that in a in a great country like ours i mean especially with the presidential election and the debates happening like i i don't want to repeat words but i mean mm-hmm. they all too kind of echo this the sense of in a great country like ours it doesn't make sense that people have to work day in and day out like slaves yeah. just to barely make ends meet ends meet and then have no savings at all yet yeah, yeah. like it doesn't make sense something systemically wrong exactly so, especially considering not that long ago 
people were having like five, ten kids on just a a, a warehouse <laughs> salary. Like yeah. it's it's, it's strange. The cost of living has exponentially gone up. Just how much it costs you to wake up and and live until sunset. I think I think what happened is a lot of people got like. American dreaming was always like this big thing of like you go to America with a dream and that dream can become a reality. Right. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, it's like with that, people felt like, oh, there should be privilege and pride with that that standing of, you know, we're going to this country and building something for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the problem is so many people come and it's not as easy as people make it out to seem right. Saying it and then going mm-hmm. and building an empire in America is two different things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people who were at the top love the idea and they were like, well, we're here. We have to enjoy ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the people at the bottom are like, but if I don't show up to work, my whole family dies. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a reality, it you know? It's a reality. And, and go ahead. Yeah, no. And I mean, to piggyback on top of that, I mean, I think as each year goes by, as each decade goes by, that American dream becomes more of a dream than a reality. Mm. I think it's, and it's not to say that it was easy for our parents' generation because they totally put in their struggles and and worked their asses off. Um, And so we thank our parents for them and their generation. But even with that, like if you look at the purchasing power of the dollar right now, it's less than it was 30 years ago in terms of the wages haven't gone up. There's been a 30 year wage stagnation. We have the, the most extreme income disparity in America's recent history um, in that sense. And so, for example, um, just out of all total income earners, uh, the bottom half used to make up 20% of the total income 30 years ago. Now the bottom half, their total income only makes up 11%. And then vice versa, you have the top 1% then making 11% 11% of the total income 30 years ago and now making 20%. So it's mm. like, huh, things aren't, things aren't yeah. right. And like, when you see that, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, our GDP is one of the greatest, I mean, it's, it, it, it's going up and I mean, um, in that sense, but is it a real good quality, qualitative measure and standard by which to measure how well our nation is doing, how well yeah. we're doing as a country. I mean, and and that's why I th- candidates like Andrew Yang or Marianne Williamson, they're they're all about pushing forward uh, new measures on measuring country success, whether it be longevity of a person's life, or yeah. whether it be health standards, or whether it be happiness levels. And so it's kind of this bringing back this focus to the country and the government of if this government is for the people by the people and of the people then it should be just that but it's not up for the people right now it's for corporations it's for money so in yeah. every sector whether it be the food industry chemical industry agricultural industry healthcare we have corporate interests being prioritized over our interests and so that's why we have high prescription drugs mm-hmm. that's we have exorbitant healthcare costs we we spend the most on healthcare than any other other country yet we we're still sick <laughs> we're still <laughs> sick still sick we yeah. still have millions not covered we still have yeah. millions not being able to pay their insurance premiums and therefore not getting coverage yeah. Yeah. and so when you look at that it's like what the f and so i think really it kind of also starts with holding our elected officials to this level of integrity mm-hmm. to not 
take and pocket corporate money as donations to not then after serving your term go work as a lobbyist for these corporations uh, where you're then set for life and you have a lifetime job i mean it's 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 these kind of duh common sense type of things that haven't been addressed but now they do need to be addressed because Mm. they're putting our interests at, at stake and with that, they're also putting our whole world at stake. I know that mm. seems a little ex- ex- extreme, but when you look at the Green New Deal not being passed, regardless of what form or substance it could have been developed into more, when you look at the whole, the whole campaign of it not being passed by Congress, it just makes you think, oh, what's at play here? There's something right, greater. Right. There's something, there's corporate interest, there's money, there's what's going on. And so like when you when you look at that, yeah, we have politicians probably more than half of them are taking money from the oil industry and the fossil fuel companies in that sense and so it's it's holding our officials to a higher standard and so if i were if if our current congressman in our district um and so our district currently covers downtown la koreatown Mm -hmm. silver lake some other major neighborhoods of la and if our congressman he's he's a he's a self-alleged liberal progressive democrat um but he he's He's one of the Democrats that's that's taken the the biggest donation amounts and 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 number of donors in terms of big pharma, in terms of oil yeah. industry, in wow. terms of banks, in and terms I feel of like a lot of pharma. people hide behind mm-hmm. that veil of oh I'm a Democrat, but it's like no every pe- people in every party do messed up things and mm-hmm. yeah. that you're no different exactly even well, though you might believe one thing the way you're behaving says. Mm-hmm. A whole nother thing. Well, mm-hmm. well, the very interesting thing about that is because pe- people see the corruption, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody, people are very like tight nip in the media to like call it out because as soon mm-hmm. as you call out somebody's corruption, they're going to be gunning for you, right? Of course, mm-hmm. immediately. And politics is real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, people, yeah, exactly. People will yeah. kill you. Okay, <laughs> like you're not gonna just say whatever, ruin someone's money, and then think it's gonna be all gravy. Exa- exactly. You ruin someone's money, they're gonna be going after. They're you. coming yeah. for you. I mean you would do the same if somebody is just you know standing in front of your door not letting you go out for work you're gonna kick them in the back or something you know because you don't want your money to stop however there's got to be better ways to make your cash i mean getting into politics wasn't never supposed to have been for the rich man anyway it was supposed to have been for the common every man to have a voice and so we can all equally vote and and be a true contributing member to this democracy yeah. and society as we know it. Mm-hmm. Well, but I, it's been perverted. I, I the, mm-hmm. the one thing I do want to point out, which all of this is very interesting about, is when I was watching this debate, I, I, I've noticed, especially um, like in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed Elizabeth Warren has really been like pumping up, right? The numbers yeah. have been growing. And I'm like, what's so interesting about this person? At the, the debate that we watched, She's literally the only one that will be aside from Bernie Sanders. He he calls he calls out the industries, right? Bernie yeah. Sanders will call out the industry, well, that's but what Elizabeth he's for. but but Elizabeth Warren will say no. That's corruption. This money, this this money that you're seeing where it's going, that's real political corruption. And not a lot of people want to say that word, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's okay to blend and talk about the idea outside of like there are these worlds, right? The insurance industry, Wall Street, the pharmaceutical. These are all little worlds that these people have. And they all make their own money. The freaking pharmaceutical industry likes to pay each other, their own people, $4 billion, right? Make and hide it in other places. I mean, I was reading an article on the way over here. 
they they hide a, a billion dollars, right? They're getting sued. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. hiding a billion dollars from people because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, if we do get sued, at least we have that as backup, yeah, right? Yeah. Backup the money. A billion dollars yeah. would be enough to for all of us. I mean, that's what the Panama Papers was basically mm-hmm. all about. Like, oh, my gosh. Offshore right? accounts. There's mm-hmm. a lot of money that's just floating mm-hmm. that belongs to the people in some capacity, but yet it's being hoarded and held onto. And I don't know. What does that do for the market if only 1% of the people have the money mm-hmm. and everyone else is broke as shit? Like yeah. what, how does that, <laughs> yeah. how is that going to keep your dollar yeah. strong? So this is exactly why we need a freedom dividend, which yes. is what David is running on. Yeah. I mean, yes. and, and, and to piggyback on just Willie said before segueing into that, like in terms of life, isn't life life is called life because i mean the form of that word there's there's living there's to live there's um and and there's um and with that it's like the the word life is something where you're really supposed to be living life and not toiling and slaving away every day like a busy ant mm-hmm. um and then 20 30 years go by and then you're like oh okay that was a great life just working that job <laughs> every day and just yeah. making some and just, other guy rich yeah making oh some other gosh. guy rich uh just getting that paycheck and and it's and it's and it's and it's now come to a point where not even it's not even the average norm to even have one job to do that now you have to have two or three jobs to do that yeah. and to live that busy ant life and so i think with that it's it's come to a point where because income disparity because um, wage stagnation is not being addressed. We have people being stuck to jobs that are not ideal for them, jobs that they're not interested in, jobs that they're not happy in, jobs that pay minimum wage. And so they're trapped in this harsh cyclical pattern every single day. Mm-hmm. And they're not able to get out because once they try to look for a new job, they still need to pay rent. So they might as well just keep their current job with their right. current situation, not get out of it. And so with that being said, it's like, no, we need to give our people bootstraps to pull themselves up with. Like if we're called um, America and if we're if we're supposed to elect officials <coughs> that care for and love their people and represent them, then that's what we should be doing instead of electing people who want to flex their power instead. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where it kind of comes to this whole <clears throat> idea of how, what, how do we do that? How do we go ahead and give that freedom to our people, show them that love? And yeah. to me love looks like something it's it's not just a word it's not just repping the people like oh by word but it actually looks like something in action and and one of the great and one of the biggest things on our platform is the freedom dividend which is a thousand dollars a month universal basic income no strings attached you all you need to be is a u.s citizen and you're you're getting that a thousand dollars a month you don't there's no taxes being taken off it's all yours and um all cash um and so and and the and and once we're able to do this i mean most families are two three hundred dollars most individuals are one two hundred dollars away from being bankrupt from having no money not being able to pay rent so what if that car blows what if they suddenly have an accident they need to go to the er or what if they need and so it's just this chronic economic anxiety and financial anxiety this deep undercurrent that they wake up with every day that's what we need to remove because once we remove that then our focus of our people is no longer on that and trying to make ends meet now they're able to focus on the things inside of them and i think and i feel that for every single person for you for you willie for you luigi i think that and for me there's there's this 
indescribable source of passion and creativity and and talent and and ideas that need to be birthed out from each of us but if we're putting these financial shackles of slavery on our people then none of that comes out and then we as a human race have um neglected ourselves and um and taken away that ability to experience all of that creativity that we could have seen come into the world whether that be a new project of uh, or ecosystem type where it's um, growing new vegetation or an, or a new green deal type of environment where those infrastructures are being set where yeah. we're removing carbon from the air and where we're using renewable energy sources and so it's it's and so this freedom dividend is giving people a chance. So if you're stuck at your minimum wage job mm-hmm. and you need something out, there's that extra money for you to pursue your passions to start something. There's And for freelancers, maybe they're not able to fully freelance and do everything that they want. And so then yeah. they have to take that job and then take another job because just to make ends meet. And so if you have a $1,000 a month, that actually supplements you to right. be able to do that extra thing that you want to do, whether it be starting a small business or pursuing school or night classes Mm -hmm. or whether it be um, staying home and being able to take care of the kids. And I think um, those are the different areas that we could be helping our people in that sense. And and that's that's the way to create a trickle up economy, because by doing that, that also pumps money back into our economy. A lot of people are like, Oh, but what if inflation happens and now costs of things are going to be higher and whatnot? No, inflation only happens when you're re- when you're printing new money and you're injecting new money into the circulation of what's right. already being out there. Yeah. That's not what we're doing. We're just redistributing money, right. and it's just re- it's rebudgeting. And mm-hmm. so and so the idea of when people say, "Oh, where are we going to get the money?" It's like you give a, a kid a hundred dollars, and then you say, "Hey, save one dollar and buy um, a candy for for." your mom and then the kid comes back and says i don't have any more money where are we gonna get the money i just spent 99 dollars on 99 chocolate bars and it's like what the fuck you just (laughs) (laughs) it's because you spent all of that like i don't know if i was allowed to cuss it's because you you can say anything okay it's because you spent all it all of it on that that you have no money of course you're gonna go ahead and say where's where are we gonna get the money (laughs) and so if you actually do your study i mean there's no reason we should be spending 750 billion dollars on a military budget in that sense i mean a billion dollars on a jet that never flew one day ever exactly ridiculous really oh my gosh and 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 then with that being said then you look at how much money is being given towards to the state department to work with peacemaking organizations mm-hmm. it's only a million dollars so when you compare that a million dollars to 750 billion it's right. like guys we should be waging peace and not war because exactly. war is the absence of peace yeah. do you expect to go ahead and wage war and wage war and then suddenly peace will happen yeah. that's not how it works it's the other way around war happens when there's no peace and so we should actually be injecting more money into the state department which was originally there right. to create peace peacemaking relations with other countries not the defense fund <laughs> exactly and so kind of in and and so in in many different ways and 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 the reason for that the 750 billion dollars is because we have these contracts with these defense contractors yeah. because there's corporate interest and short-term maximization of profits involved yeah. and so it's these things that are just kind of swept under the rug and the carpet but us as the American people, I know that a lot of us we're still struggling to barely make ends meet. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. we work nine to seven, nine to ten, twelve hour jobs, right. and so when somebody says to me, "Hey, you're running for," 
I'm running for Congress. Give me money. It's like, what? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to even bother myself with government and politics right now because life yeah. is so hard. Yeah. Like, I don't have money to give you. And, and I get it. I totally get it because right. I was there up until the last election. I, the last election was the first time that I donated to a campaign. And nice. so kind of I totally get it. But now it's kind of taking that step back and realizing, holy shit, what is the reason that I'm that I hate the conditions that I'm in or that I'm living this tough struggle yeah, because yeah. this is not the life that I think life was supposed to be yeah. meant for or to live. Yeah. And so once we all take a step back and think, oh, something's wrong here and we actually need to address it. And even though temporarily right now I'm feeling this way about my situation and the long term goal, something does need to change. So we as a people collectively need to step up despite our own busy schedules, despite right. not being able to do right. this or that or being able to donate a dollar or three dollars. Um, despite all of that, it's kind of realizing, holy shit, if we don't actually step up and take action, our country, which is already a government that's being run by an aristocratic oligarchy meaning yeah. a government that's run by very few and those very few being billionaires at the top mm-hmm. the fact that several people just 10 15 of them are controlling the entire country in that sense and with that money flow it's like guys we need to do something if not we're going to end up just being one of those aristocratic societies again yeah. where now we're just completely there's that few rich at the top and everybody else are paupers and peasants yeah. and those dystopian movies that you see in Hollywood industries right. those are manifestations of our subconscious and those movies are going to be the reality that our country is going to be end up becoming oh, that's deep, and bro. so and so i think in that sense it's like we guys we need to wake up like because if we let it go like for climate change we only have eight years to yeah. do it like and and i know there's goals to do it by 2030 and 2050 and those are goals not to just stay at the level but to actually go down and reverse it mm-hmm. and those are great plans and um i mean kind of what these different presidential candidates are putting out and so it's these efforts that we kind of really need to step up towards and really move together mm-hmm. and um and really be proactive in and so even with you guys inviting me on the show you guys are doing your parts and in, in in promoting the awareness of why it's important to be civically engaged and yeah. so thank you luigi thank yeah. you Lily, for like and there's precedent for this like it's not something that's far-fetched was regarding your freedom bill like that's martin luther king jr thomas Paine. like it's ugh. it's possible mm-hmm. and not to mention most mo- more recently mm-hmm. the bailout mm-hmm. everyone got a thousand dollars man woman and child mm-hmm. that where where's that where, are we thinking about that money now no mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's thinking about where that money come from mm-hmm. 10 years later like it doesn't matter it came we had it we enjoyed it mm-hmm. it was great even still to up to today alaska every mm-hmm. citizen mm-hmm. of or every resident of alaska mm-hmm. gets a thousand dollars or yeah a thousand dollars i think it's like three thousand dollars in some places. maybe it's gone up i don't know yeah. it depends on where you are but either way that's twelve thousand dollars a year some people can't get loans for business loans, small business loans for $10,000. But if you save one year of this plan, there's your loan. There's your company. There's your mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. You have to, And that one year of incubation gives you time to plan and get all your ducks in a row. So once you do have hit your threshold, 
you can execute right away Mm -hmm. and immediately start to reap the benefits. Mm -hmm. So there is a good reason for you. A lot of people are just, I'm playing the devil's advocate Mm because a lot of people are like, oh, well, why do you just want to give away free money and stuff Mm -hmm. like that? But it's not free money. It's money that is being reinvested into people Mm -hmm. and not just the destruction of us. (laughs) Yeah. And I think with that being said, I think you pointed out something that's important. Um, when you look at the freedom dividend, it's not it's not a left thing or a right thing, or it's it's actually it's a neutral in the sense of it's actually a caring thing, pushing all of us forward in the sense of it doesn't it doesn't have any strings attached. It's it's in the sense of you don't have to even even the richest people get a thousand dollars a month a, a person um, yeah. for each person, and so the uh, and and some people might ask, oh, why give the rich that money? But it's like no, we're all human beings, we're all citizens. Citizens, yeah. and this is your human right as a U.S. citizen, and yeah. this is what you get as a shareholder of our company, um, which is the United States yeah, of America. It's literally and so, a company. <laughs> so, so, it, and it's kind of looking at everybody on an equal playing field, and that's what we should be doing because not one soul should be treated less than another. And now going back to the thousand dollars, and that's um, in in terms of how how we could be using that. I think you pointed out a great illustration where after a certain threshold, you could suddenly use that lump sum that you've changed, that you've saved and, and do a business with that. And I think that's the key where, and I think you've struck it on the nail with that in the sense of this fungibility of universal basic income. Um, I know that <clears throat> even when um, there are times where my parents, um, they had to, they had to, use certain assistance programs with the government and one of them was food stamps but those food stamps don't help you pay rent i mean yeah you might not you might be super thankful for your food stamps one month right. but then during that month you can't also pay rent those food stamps will do you anything right. even if you like, try to whatever. save on them and so that's what i love about the fungibility of mm. ubi and that's why i think this ubi freedom dividend is something that's um um connecting people across all aisles not just the left it's also we there's a lot of republican support there's also a lot of libertarian support mm-hmm. because it's also kind of looking in the sense of on their end republicans libertarian they want smaller programs smaller government smaller everything and it's so it's kind of putting the power back into the hands of the american people mm-hmm. to decide what how the money is handled instead of trusting the government to do it because obviously we yeah. haven't been doing a good job yeah. so yeah. let's take that and give it back to the people because the people know best what they want to do with it mm-hmm. and so that's creating and giving the power back to the people and so it's reversing that aristocratic effect and making it more democratic by redistributing yeah. it and so um in that sense and then also with these um with these welfare programs i mean some 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 might have to opt out some might some will still be there it depends but even with that the way these safety net programs are designed is if you make above a certain minimum income threshold, then suddenly you lose that benefit. And so um, in a way, and so the the logic or rationale might be, oh, then just try to get a job that pays you more. But then once they go above that minimum threshold, now they're looking at, if you look at the case scenarios, now they're looking at paying for um, the the transportation tickets, paying for the Metro Pass, paying for um, insurance, and then paying for all of this. And, and so in actuality, because they suddenly lose these benefits, the the net balance that ends up in their account is much smaller than when they had when they were receiving assistance even though they're making more money mm. because suddenly they're losing out so then yeah. that makes an incentive for people to just stay where they're at where they're at and so they're like oh 
oh no, if I make 10,000 more, then I'm going to actually end up getting less. So I'll just stay where I, where I'm at. And so it keeps our people not motivated, not inspired. And so in the sense of we're going to, and so it's realizing and looking at all of the inefficiencies of our government and really kind of making it efficient. I mean, why have something there that's not really working well, replace it with something else. And this is what freedom dividend is doing. It's, it's allowing you, Luigi, to use your $1,000 to what you want to do and you, Willie. And, and another thing on top of that is there's no stigma attached to it because yeah. everybody's getting their $1,000. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no stigma attached to it and there shouldn't be any stigma attached to any of the other assistance programs. Right. For But for a sad reason there are. And so and that's another great thing um, that the Freedom Dividend has um, in that sense. And so all around, it's something that I feel will start addressing the inequalities that we have now and also addressing automation that's happening and that will continue to happen. That's why we have um, Amazon sort of replacing everything. That's why we have strip malls closing down. We have retail stores closing down. Um, They say in the next six years or so, one in every three jobs will be affected by automation um, to a point where eventually those jobs will not be available anymore too. Um, So it's something that we definitely need to wake up and be serious about. Trucking Uh, for sure. I went to a McDonald's one time. I never go to McDonald's. I I stopped here to pee actually. And (laughs) I walked in and literally there were just machines that you walk up to, place your order, put everything how you like it. You're no pickles, blah, blah, blah. And then the only thing the people were back there for were, I guess quality control just to make sure the food's being prepared properly. Mm -hmm. But even that is going to be outsourced at some point. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of running against the clock, running against AI, Mm -hmm. which is hard because AI smart and constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, people aren't, but we have to realize that. And it's funny because I watched an interview earlier with this guy named Stephen A. Smith. And he was saying that, yeah, he, he, when he was a kid, long story short, he got made fun of for reading at a first grade level mm-hmm. and he made it a point to never be the dumb person in the room again. Mm-hmm. So that I feel like that's where we are as a nation. We need to wake up, care less about our entertainment, care less about how we look and social media and all that stuff mm-hmm. and care more about each other and where we're headed because we don't have a lot of time left at the top. Mm-hmm. And if we don't fix where we are now, we're going to end up third world just like any other place. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's one moment can make that happen. Mm-hmm. So, well, you well know, that, we're close. Yeah. <laughs> we are close. Uh, that, that's one of the interesting things uh, um, about I'm going to be referring a lot to this debate because I, I it was so interesting. I, I, I don't necessarily vote Democrat or I don't lean Democrat. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a neutral party of just mm-hmm. I observe and I, I listen and yeah. whoever makes the most sense. I'm like, you seem like you you're probably on right track, you know, but yeah. if if you're just spilling some bullshit, I'm definitely going to look the other way. Right, so. Right. Um, but the interesting thing about it, about the the whole thing was when they were having this conversation about Medicare, right? Universal uh, Medicare for all um, there. Everybody was trying to make their own argument against Bernie's bill. But the most interesting thing ab- about it, which 
first of all, this this debate didn't give Andrew Yang enough time to talk about his policies or about what he I wants actually to do. like that guy a lot. I, I really like Andrew Yang, but the problem is he doesn't get enough time to be seen. And the one minute they gave him right at the end to talk about Medicare, he literally summed it up perfectly. And he goes, you guys all have the wrong idea. All of you guys should be talking about Medicare for all as a weight off the shoulders of the American people. Yeah. Why? Because right now I'm a business owner. And as a business owner, it is so difficult to start a business because you have to think about the employees that you have to insure. You have to think about the benefits that you're going to give them, mm -hmm. right? So you end up just putting them as an independent contractor or a freelancer, right? right? But he said, if you frame it as it's taking a weight off the shoulders of the American people, this thing could get made. And it's the same thing with the freedom dividend. You just have to pay, because look, People have been saying, wake up, wake up, wake up all these years, right? And the problem is people, the, the sad truth is people are, are are stuck in their thoughts. And when they they believe something themselves and they know it's like, oh, that's, oh, 9-11 was an inside job. Yeah. But that's bullshit. Regardless yeah. of you know? level of proof. Uh, exactly. Like it's like you could see, all, you could see a document that shows you the whole thing. And then you're like, oh. But they'll still probably be skeptical, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. the problem. Even after proof, even after facts, even after discussions and hours of debate, this person still doesn't change their mind, right? So now you, what Andrew Yang is saying is you have to frame it in the way of you're, you're taking this weight off their shoulders, yeah. right? All of us. Mm -hmm. We all have bricks on our shoulders weighing us down. We just remove them. And it's like, oh, shoot, maybe now we can have actual dialogue and conversations about topics, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with, um, with mental health. Right. If you discuss if you, and, and you really talk about the mental health aspect to everything that happens, the drug overdoses, mm -hmm. like the, the people that live in the United States, the immigration, like why? Why aren't we talking about the, the mental health aspect of it? Yeah. Right. It's never mentioned. It's hardly ever mentioned. If, if someone mentions it, it'll be one time one off where they're like, ah, mental health. Yeah. OK, move on yeah. to the next thing. And it's like. But the fact that you, like now, and I believe, David, you're very much in line with this, um, being very, very um, self-aware and very uh, mindful, right, of others, of other people, of their, one of the things you said at the beginning that really touched with me was the fact that you, you think of everyone, right? And that's how I, I try to live my life, right? Don't just think about yourself, think of everyone, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like the people you're going to run into maybe for one moment or another, oh, maybe they're having a bad day, but maybe that interaction with you flips it and now they're having a good day, right? right? But right. people don't like to think that way. They're just like, oh man, fuck everyone. This is my world. I'm yeah, doing my that's thing. That's the way I look at it too. Exactly. It's like a domino effect. It's so sure you give everyone healthcare, boom. But now you're, you're going to have less people on disability because they can afford to go and get their issues fixed instead of just sitting at home and, you know, living off the system, which is it's there for, but it's there for when you need it. It's not supposed, it wasn't never meant to be a permanent solution for your life. So you get that in place. Now people can take care of their issues. People can work more. People are having more time to just enjoy life. Like you mentioned, like life is fleeting. It's quick. Mm -hmm. You wake up one day, you're young. The next day, you're old as shit. Like you, <laughs> did you, as what'd shit. you do? Like, what did you do in that yeah. whole time? Yeah. Just watch the sun rise and set. Mm. So and a lot of Netflix. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like that app um, where they take a photo of you and you have an old picture. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They did. It's like, oh shit, this is what I look Ooh, like. Oh, that's yeah. that. Thirty years passed by. I oh forgot. my gosh. 
<laughs> that was so funny yeah. I when I tried that app was it you you were like you just look like another character on George Lopez's show I was like it's <laughs> messed up that's, that's the Latin folk yeah. that was that was one thing I really liked about the the debate they they did have a lot of conversation in Spanish which was interesting some of the questions that were what asked did, what did you think about that did I, you, I, I really okay enjoyed it because okay. well, well personally because I understand what they're saying okay. so I'm like yeah right. I'm right there with you half of the of the people who come here and speak Spanish or Spanish mm -hmm. is a, a very like it's one and two in America right mm -hmm. English and Spanish are very very like, exactly. they're right there mm -hmm. so to neglect the whole community because they speak Spanish is not right mm -hmm. and so I like the approach ABC took to that but at the same time some of the questions that the dude asked in Spanish like he asked um, it was a pretty intense question because he, he literally there were told, some intense like, questions that there were some in, yeah dude it was like crazy yeah, it was crazy specific too, yeah. he, he, he asked Joe Biden and he goes during the Obama administration there was like uh, it was like 10 million people or 2, two million or some, some big number right 4 million maybe that were deported during oh, your, your, yeah. your presidency he was right? dancing around and, it. and no he just doesn't even answer it and then, <laughs> and then they go they go do you think the, the question was do you think that what you and President Obama did was, was wrong was a yeah. mistake yeah. right was it wrong and yeah. he was like he was like, look, I'm not, I, I was there with Obama and, and it was like, he just kept trying to like be good with Obama. And that was one of the things a lot of people, I, I personally, I was like, Joe, just no, Obama had his time, man. This yeah. is about you being president, yeah. not you being Obama's he's sidekick. He's trying to protect you know? that legacy. Yeah. But he's trying to protect the legacy. And so he, Julian Castro had a couple moments where he attacked him. One of them was okay. The second one though is he called him out for that same exact thing. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's good. See, that's the part where we need because he literally yeah. told him, he said, you love when people bring up Obama because you can just put yourself in the picture and say I was right. a part of that right. but as soon as someone criticizes Obama's policy you say he was the president I was the vice president yeah. and he literally said that he literally they he asked literally him said he that. said wow. I was the vice president and I'm mm -hmm. like okay but you can still you were still part of the administration right, right. you were the president call shots too man yeah. he was literally <laughs> put in charge of taking the troops out of afghanistan that's a huge job and yeah. you're telling me you didn't do anything we are, come on right, yeah. right. Come i on. mean if you're gonna take credit for the good stuff you should take credit for the bad stuff exactly yeah. and and to be fair he yeah. did say at, at when he was pressed on it he was like i was there with obama through it all the good the bad the ugly and i get that but now it's like years later time has passed you have to do your own thing now, yeah. you know, but you also have to defend like that's the one of the reasons I feel like he didn't want to. He was questioning whether he wanted to run. Well, right? he was riding off of that. I'm Uncle Joe. Cool guy. And but that's gone, man. That's now gone. He, that you're under the magnifying glass. That's kind of out of the window and you have to just rely on what you are. And what he is, is somebody that's kind of kind of out of touch as skilled. And I mean, I like the guy, but how in touch is he with the pulse of America as it stands right now and with the needs that we have right now, which I mean, since immigration is a, is, is a hot topic right now, it's funny. Cause I think also to piggyback on that, on, on, uh, wait, we're healthcare really fast. Really fast. I just want to touch on this because it just reminded me of this because I wrote this down during the first debate. It's about how old and well outdated, you know, that's kind of what you're getting at with Joe Biden. So Eric Swad, uh, Swadwell, I guess uh, he was the representative, the representative. He was running for, for president, president right? And he dropped out even though he qualified for the next debate, right? He dropped out because I believe because of the fact that he told Joe Biden he needed to pass the torch. And the Democratic Party was like, you can't don't put pe the, the idea that Joe Biden is too old or outdated into people's minds. So he did that. I mean, and, and that's, then he was dropped. That's plenty I didn't even believable. Think of that. 
Isn't it's that plenty it, believable? That Isn't that crazy? Totally plausible, the yeah. same they shit with Bernie that. last election. He was uh, winning, and then all of a sudden, you just submit to <laughs> to Hillary, Hillary yeah. with no fight at all. Nah, 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 nah. That's yeah. someone tapped you on the shoulder, said, "Look, bro, pick your battles." Yeah. The ne- next next election. Yeah. This one though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the DNC was run by Hillary's best friend. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's yeah. that it is what it is. You but just, just to finish questions, my you know? statement, though, yeah, it's, I think that if you gave everyone that health care that we're all looking for, it will also give incentive for people, immigrants specifically, to do the proper channels and officially, legally become citizens. Because then you get those perks. Yeah. You get UBI. You get... All of that. You get the healthcare. You get everything you need to help that American dream that you so seek come alive. Everything is right there. You just do it the proper way. And and if you give people the incentive to do that and not just be like, well, if you're here and you have a kid, well, there you go. You get everything. It, that's, not, that's not enough to qualify, especially considering, you know, where we are, how much resources we truly have and what people are doing and things have kind of exploded recently. So I think as long as we just reel, reel it all back in and your platform is a good way to do that. I'm all, I'm all for it mm-hmm. personally, but mm-hmm. that's just me. Yeah. That's yeah. Me. I think, I think what we've kind of just all forgotten is this human element in the sense of behind these policies, policies behind these decisions that are made to approve or reject or to abstain from any legislation there are thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people being affected by each decision that is made by a politician Mm. and it's realizing the gravity of that and the seriousness of it and so every decision that elected official makes is a moral decision Mm. and so um and it's and it's kind of we need to realize that are we electing people that have um the capability and heart to make these decisions um, that are purely based on human life where now I feel like even in the situation that you described um, I don't think we're not in a time where we should be hoarding for ourselves we're in a time where we should not only be caring for ourselves and for our own families or our own children we should be looking at the other families around us and saying and caring for their children and giving what we have and sharing each other and in that sense and so even with the situation that's happening at the border there's no reason why anybody should be detained in the, in those kind of conditions and um, zero zero yeah. and so I mean, I'm I'm all for abolishing mm-hmm. ICE. Um, I'm all for creating a, a, a U.S. citizenship track program from documented mm-hmm. workers that they can go ahead and go through. I'm all for during that time while they're going through that program, receiving um, uh, universal Medicare and getting the health care coverage they need and us also getting that reciprocity with other nations because there are times where we might be needing it or even or even times where let's say you're traveling our citizens are traveling to other countries and because of certain conditions or because of their travels they might have to stay there so maybe even having the health insurance of other countries kicking in based on what Mm -hmm. treaties we have um, and then putting restrictions on that, obviously. So it's not taken advantage of um, and placing certain time periods or limits, but even having that. So it's like, so now we're not, 
now we're not afraid to go ahead and travel because if our world is becoming so globalized with technology, yeah. then why are not our systems and our methods? Exactly. It doesn't make sense that I have to go travel to a different country and worry about my about my medical care there as yeah. well. And so, I mean, in such a globalized world, why are we so behind? Um, and I in, broke in that, my hand in, in Canada and they told me that I couldn't get health care because I was not a Canadian citizen. They said if I did get my hand looked at right off the bat, I had to pay them a thousand dollars. Wow. US. It's like, wait a minute. I thought you guys were nice up here. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> to their own people. Uh, yeah, nice. right. Like, not you Americans. And that's you, what well, that's Canadians the, have like several classes of citizenships. Yeah. yeah that's that, crazy. Well, it's that, weird. That's the interesting thing about about it is like people like the thing about that I like about the freedom freedom dividend is the fact that it's like it's for US citizens, right? Mm. So it's like you went through the process, you were either born here from US parents or you know, you moved here with either the mer- a merit-based system that will soon come for for immigration, um, or whatever it is they decide to do. Because right now they don't have a plan, and they there's so many loopholes, yeah. and there's so much stuff that is bad about it. Um, but eventually, when they get to the point of actually having a good system for people to immigrate into the United States, I think um, I think that's a pretty interesting way of like, wow, I can build something with this, right? Mm-hmm. And it would inspire more people to want to move into this country, which yeah. in a way would cause more. You know, it's it would just con- constantly be money in the united states right you would just Cali always have money is also doing a good job with trying to fix the system so to speak they yeah. did abolish uh ICE, private 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 prisons prisons and, and, and ICE detention centers, centers yeah. so ice can't operate in california which would be nice but they're just transferring everyone to a different state mm-hmm. and they're still in detention um so i mean it's a, it's a good sentiment but we need to attack the whole federal system not just a state bait by state basis it's, this isn't weed we're dealing with it we're dealing with people's lives and a lot of these people have been living for a long time and providing for the families and providing for their communities and yet they still get caught up in the system from something way back when when they were a teenager or something or sim- something as simple and innocent as my parents told me I was from here and it turns out I'm not So, you know what, but I've been living my entire life as if I am. Mm -hmm. So at what point do we look beyond the legislation and just use our heart to heart human instinct and say, okay, this case is different. Okay. This case is different and just do it that way. I mean, there's where I was talking to a friend today and and I was saying, I I just kind of feel really bad right now because we're living in a modern day Holocaust and there's nothing that any of us can really do about it. Mm. It's a, it's, it has to be a collective effort in order for anything to, to be done. And I always thought, like, what were the people doing during the Jewish Holocaust? What were the citizens doing? And they were just living their lives because what else can they do? You're not going to go up against the SS and yeah. Hitler. You're not going to do that. That's an entity. Yeah. And in order for one entity to be removed another entity has to remove it and we singular singularly cannot be an entity however if we came together we can move mountains and there's nothing that anyone can do to stop that yep just look at hong kong hong Mm -hmm. kong totally 180 on what they were doing Mm -hmm. because their people were like we're not gonna take this we're chopping down your facial recognition towers we're putting water on your smoke bombs Mm -hmm. we're doing all of this stuff we're not gonna sleep until you guys fix what you messed up and they'd fixed it and mm-hmm. we should take cues from them 
because they know (laughs) well that's the thing it's that's that's what he's hinting at at the beginning of people need to although we all live this very common and sometimes mundane and very dystopian life at times but we have to stand up and and if we want to stop that we want to go out and march we got to go out and protest you got to go and stand up for what you believe in when when there's a big bill coming up you hey why is it this is the one thing i don't understand it's like when people vote against like like certain bills and stuff it's like sometimes it goes against the people they represent in the district right and you're like how does that fly and then you just it's what i I shouldn't say that because when i really think about it it's like all the money that gets donated from all these other entities that is just like oh you didn't get money from the people in your district all these other people funded you and they'll make sure you win right and that's the that's the corrupted like that's the corruptness of the government and that's Mm -hmm. the sad part about it because it's like you don't just see it in U.S. I'm not just talking U.S. I'm talking worldwide global global government. I mean, it like, happens everywhere. Look yeah. at Robert Mugabe just died, but he was president forever. Mm-hmm. He was not giving it up to anybody. Mm-hmm. Iran, they just had diplomatic voting for the first time in a minute. Wow. The guy before, he wasn't giving it up to anybody. Adminijad, he wasn't giving it up. Mm. You, These are people that have to be forcefully removed or just voluntarily give up position. And we're we're kind of the same way but our our we don't have a a single face to Mm -hmm. put the blame on and that's how our system stays working for them because they're just a shadow no one no one person is to blame Mm -hmm. and because of that it's kind of gotten a little murky and weird but we have good people coming up nice young strapping people that really are vouching for change such mm-hmm. as yourself mm-hmm. and, and countless others that mm-hmm. are they just don't have that push that that a lot of people have however the grassroots effort that we're seeing now there's no stopping you guys and i as long as you're doing what you're doing i'll be right there next to you man mm, just you. helping out however i can because yeah. i'm right. all for the change right now yeah. i didn't I didn't grow up in a in a typical system. I grew up all over and I was able to experience a lot of different cultures and the way of life for a lot of different societies. And this society that we're in now is not the move mm. <laughs> whatsoever. It's cool. The people are cool. The culture is cool. But the way the system is set up, it's it's antiquated and we have to change it. Yeah. yeah, I think um, <clears throat> what you what you guys what you guys were emphasizing is that we as the people must consciously step up and be proactive about it. I'm um, if you look at America's history, it's not. I mean, yes, there were great leaders along the way, but mostly when change happened is when the people rose up yep. with the civil rights movement, with the women's movement, with the su- women's suffrage movement, with with um, the abolition movement, just with everything. It's when the people started to rise. And so what I love about it is that we we actually, <clears throat> although sort of Trump started the trend, um, we actually have presidential candidates um, who are not career politicians like Andrew yeah. Yang and Marianne Williamson. Um, in that sense, who are running and and I think she's an author. Yeah, and she's an author. And there's and what's <laughs> funny is um, several candidates were using lines from her because Joe Biden's actually read her book. Oh, Pete wow. Buttigieg has actually read her book. Wow. Uh, Cory Booker has actually read her book. Um, there's one other. Oh, Andrew Yang has read her book because they've both read each other's books and they've both um, did a. Uh, what a zoom video conferencing together for their supporters Um, and then um, but yeah in in regards to that but um, 
kind of moving back to in the sense of we have these non-career politicians stepping up and running because and I mean and, and sometimes they each get kind of the the devil's advocate question of oh but you've never been in government what makes you think you're going to do a job but it's like guys come on like and I think this is where it's in the sense of yeah, there might be things that they have to brush up on, so they'll go ahead and hire staff. Right. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> who, will, <laughs> who will be their chief of staff, who will be their yeah. policy advisors, who will be all of that. Right. But they're not stupid people. No. The thing about life, the thing about decision-making is as long as you have a heart, as long as you're connecting with that heart and you have a mind and you've been doing what you've been doing good in whatever industry or path you've had Andrew Yang and his with his business entrepreneurial um, startups that he's had with Marianne Williamson and her author um, her authoring books and her philosophical kind of passions and 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 pursuits with that and motivational speaking Um, and so I think as long as each person has their own thing that they're good at and they're reasonable and they have a heart and they love the people go ahead and run so if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're you're living in whichever city or town that you're in go ahead and look for a a position to run for who's out there taking corporate money who's out there not doing a good job like who's out there um, is that is some of you that you could probably replace because the people could do better because people's lives are at stake and i feel like it's it's for us these non-career politicians who are stepping up i've been an attorney i've been in the entertainment world i do film contracts and music contracts i don't do politics i don't do government stuff um but it's kind of realizing dude we have masses of our people suffering and we need to do something about that suffering we need to help reduce that because that's why we're in it together and and i don't know if any of you guys are religious but but I grew up um, um, son of a pastor in a Christian household, and same. And what they say to us is, "Be do unto be do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself." Well, and that's that, the golden rule. That's a that, fact. That the that's golden rule is actually universal in yeah. every every religion or or um, culture in that sense. And that's and that's a thing that whoever your neighbor is, do unto them as you would have them yeah. do unto you. And it's and it's treating each other like ourselves. And and it's realizing that just like with with different trees i know um i don't know if you guys i i read this um like little info um commercial comic but about how trees um even if they're miles away their their roots are all still connected in this nervous system where they're all connected and communicating with each other and i feel like we as a human race whether or not we're aware we're also doing the same we're all connected guys and and, in deeper layers and in other superficial layers as well and so with that being said it's like do we have the heart for our human race to go ahead and and to help it out and to and to really pour back what what I can do on my end and what you guys can do on your end. And I, and even if you're not the person that's the one to run for office, maybe you're the one that's supposed to go ahead and invite the person onto their podcast and that, and that's your calling in that aspect. Um, or, or whether it be canvassing or phone calling or, or donating. And I think, um, what we do need to realize though, is that, um, to live in a country and to say, Oh, that has nothing to do with me. It's not more, I'm not coming from this judgmental 
pointing a finger at you sense of, but it's actually when you have that mentality, you're actually working against yourself and you're becoming the enemy against yourself because now you're telling yourself that you don't care about what life quality that you're living, um, what rules are set around you. Mm-hmm. And in that aspect, you're not really giving yourself that respect and dignity as well. Um, overall, on the on on the on the deeper level and so i think it's kind of realizing holy crap everything is connected yeah and even though it might be a little uncomfortable right now you know what i'm gonna go ahead and and spend that extra hour a week to go phone bank or text or or help out a campaign or a good cause um so even if it's not a political candidate race whether it be with saving the environment whether it be with ending homelessness whether it be with providing uh, more housing in those aspects or pursuits that or whether it be um, uh, there's this other organization that I help out with it's called um, Shower of Hope Mm -hmm. and they have a truck and they have four corners of the truck in each corner there's a shower stall and you can go in and they take showers and so it's a shower truck for the homeless people So then they go around the city from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. in different areas. And so they're at MacArthur Park, um, where I live. So our district is the 34th congressional district, guys, by the way. Um, So so it covers MacArthur Park. And um, so when you see these people there, there are four hours. There's there's waiting lists of people wanting to shower. And so what we do, we go in after they take a shower. uh, We go in with our with our our disinfectants and our rags and like we wipe down the shower stalls we wipe down the mirrors the toilets everything and so that the next person can just come in and take a shower and then we replace it with new shampoo and water and body body wash and so i think um and and so when you see these people coming out of the showers and they're just like like you know like when you come out of the shower and you haven't taken a shower for so long you just feel so fresh yeah Yeah. oh my gosh you've pressed the reset button yeah (laughs) it's been lifted and like something's been lifted and like it's a new clean slate and you forgot about some other things before you took the shower and and everything's a clean slate and so when you look at that smile and you're just like oh man everybody should have a fucking shower like Yeah. yeah why why not and so um kind of looking at all of that it's like what are we doing in all of these different areas and so if that's yeah. something that interests you you listeners then go check out that organization called shower of hope um yes. and there's plenty others out there but just go ahead and be connected to humanity yeah. go and go ahead and be connected to a cause because once you do that you're actually healing yourself yeah. one of the things just to quickly um and um kind of end that stream of thought was there were times in the past where Due to various reasons, I mean, I, I kind of had a tumultuous childhood in a way where there was a lot of domestic violence. But um, I had I had these huge kind of moments of depression even as an adult um, mm-hmm. because it was coupled with that that childhood trauma plus still being in the closet and not being able to live my truth and then um, the legal market was sucking and all this other stuff and so I had these yeah. long periods of depressions just frequently and intermittently um, kind of mixed in between. But what really got me out of it, and so I would actually be in my apartment for like three, four, five days, not going out at all, and like, and just sitting there. But then what got me out was helping other people, going out and giving money, going out and buying food, going out and helping volunteer at some event where I felt suddenly a fire come on again inside of me. And I think it's not just for the benefit of the other people that you're helping um, or that you're contributing to. It's also for the benefit of yourself because you actually do get it all back. And because 
um, and that's what will keep you alive as a human being and will keep um, you yourself um, um, living. So, and there's many different ways of rehabilitation. Like it's there. A lot of people, when you think of that word, you think of some dramatic intervention type thing, or you go to, to a facility, but honestly, rehabilitation can be as simple as a hot shower or, you know, a, just a, a, a time to take a breath and, you know, clear your head for a second of whatever's been getting to you all day or whatever. There's, there's a lot of ways that we can, we can do that. I I, I have a, I have a friend and, you know, he, he loves the city. He thinks the issue with the city is the homeless and that's part of the problem. But his solution is simply to remove them. And I'm like, well, that won't change the problem. That's just sweeping it under the rug when you really need to address the issue directly, which a lot of these people just deal with mental health issues or are just simply a victim of circumstance where that UBI would have come in clutch and saved them. I actually watched a documentary where this woman was living with her teenage daughter in her SUV and just when she was saved enough money to get out of that situation, her car got towed and there's all that money you just saved up. So it's there's, there's plenty of ways that we can go about this. I, I just encourage everyone to, to go about the action of it all because the ideas are great, but action is what's important. Exactly. Well, now that action is always important. Um, I want to make two points really quickly um, about what David was talking about. But I, 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 first of all, homelessness in Los Angeles is insane. Um, this place is crazy. This place is wild. Um, but aside from that, um, one of the things I feel like you're really trying to say is we have gotten to the point where now we have become the checks and balances, you know, like, you know, checks and balances for each system, right? Executive, um, the judicial and the latest um, legislative branches. Right. But now moving past that on fourth branch, there's a fourth branch. It's just the people. Right. And the people have to be able to self check the people who we represent because it's that are representing us. I mean, and it's like what you're touching on of like, who is taking that corporate money? Who is taking these donations from these people? You can go and find that information out i'm sure right and that's that that shouldn't be that impossible to go find out because it's like you'll see oh there's a bump in donations oh you know what where did this money come from i'm sure i can call their office and they'll have to tell me right because you know that law (laughs) some law somewhere but um the the super PAC law was supposed to have like stopped all of that but there's (sighs) loopholes and ways around all of that and and that was the second thing i wanted to touch on is the fact that one of the things i do and i'm I, I like some of the stuff Trump talks about and does um, just because of the fact that it's very different, right? Because it is so different than what we normally had to the point where you're like, okay, I see where you're coming from, man. This isn't, you're, you're not obviously like trained to be a politician and that's why some of your attempts at things are a little rough. I understand that. But I do hear what you're saying, which I feel like a lot of people don't, right? But one of the things I realized is he was, he's been the first president who's really made people pay attention to politics, right whether it's his his team and his administration or just your local or your governor or your senators or you know it's like you start looking at the articles that come out of the people who are oh this is my state oh this is in my city oh i should probably read about this oh who's this person right he kind of started that motion of like 
you got to probably you guys should probably start looking into the government, you know, like mm-hmm. he's one of the first people who called out the Fed. Right. He, he's very adamant about calling out the Fed. Right. Which is one of the reasons why it's difficult to, to try these money ideas, because the federal bank is very much in charge of our money. And it's like they're ripping. in charge of the world. <laughs> when you're worth more money than is worthy of being put into the Forbes magazine, you're doing something incredible but weird at the same time shady because you have all this content all this money yet you're nowhere to be found that's kind of like shadowy to me and that's really weird because we all know you exist so why are you not included in the regular world's activities why are you excluded from that well that's the thing it's like that shadow sense of like there's a whole shadow world that's just kind of there and it's yeah, i think that's people. by design bro mm-hmm. i think if, it is by design if they're not thought about no one's trying to challenge nobody's them. trying mm-hmm. to th- nobody wants to throw them out there and be like you guys like people even with recently with epstein like that was the thing people talked about it and now media's kind of dying down people are still following the case and there's still articles that come out because there's just so much there's just so much about this guy that was like sick and it's just like constantly new stuff. But the problem is now they're not even like wanting to chase out these people, right? They're not wanting to really go out and go and investigate. What were the ties? How were you so rich, right? How were you so rich? That's the one question that for some reason nobody wants to look into. And they're just like, ah, you know, the guy died. So it's fine. Doing He's gone. Favors. Yeah, It, it doesn't over. matter anymore. It's over. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, he was just one pawn. Yeah. And quite frankly, as powerful as that guy was... He was pretty low on the list. Exactly. Which is how can you be that powerful and still be so low low on on the the totem pole? Mm -hmm. And the crazy part is even this week, um, Tim Cook came out. Apple CEO came out and said the only reason I met with him is because he had a lot of rich friends. Right. Who were his rich friends? But nobody wants to go into that. You know, that's the thing. But you see it. It's a shadow. It's like if you don't look into it then it's not there. You know, birds you of know? a feather flock together. So once that guy kind of went down, everyone backed away <laughs> except for the prince. Yeah. He was just like, no, he was like, I'm going to attack this head on. Yeah. You know what I'm like, yeah. This wasn't me. Oh, the yeah. photo came out. Nah, ah, whatever. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I do pass in a couple days. Yeah. And that's what we can't let happen, David. Yeah. We can't yeah. let this happen because when you have such great ideas like you do, you have to just constantly keep putting them out there, man. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I'm so happy that you're running, man, mm-hmm. because it is necessary. It is absolutely necessary in Los Angeles, in the United States, and in the world. Mm-hmm. So good and on you. Thank since you. we know your 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 platform and where you're where you're standing a little a little bit, I, I kind of wanted the people to get to know you a little bit more personally. Yeah. Just like what you're all about. What do you do for fun? Uh, what 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 is who is David Kim? <laughs> Uh, who is David Kim? Uh, that's a great question that I think we should all be asking ourselves. Who am I every yeah. day? Um, and then meditating on that. <laughs> so, that's true. so uh, firstly, I am on the side. I, I love meditating a lot. Um, I'm, in, I'm into mental health and, and awareness, like something that you had pointed out, I think. Um, and a reason why is also because perhaps um, the, the life that I lived, uh, led me to all of that. There was a time where I took meth, um, and my I was just f- fucked up. Like I couldn't. Wow. I, it's not like that. I took it for a long time. Yeah. I took it for about two months, and 
is because I had gone into this depression hole and mm-hmm. and I had done it a lot during those two months. And then after that, I had trouble with breathing. I had so much anxiety. I yeah. thought I was dying. I remember going on um, to this uh, trip with my family. My parents had come down from NorCal uh, to see my brother and me um, because my nephew and sister-in-law were um, out in Korea. And so they just wanted to spend time with um, my son, uh, my brother as well. And so we went to this um, this mud bath type of um, resort area um, near past Riverside um, where you kind of go into these mud pools and whatnot. And I thought I was dying because I couldn't breathe. And like my parents were wondering what was going on to me. I couldn't tell them that I, it's because I'm coming down from meth. Right. You were withdrawing. I have these withdrawal symptoms and whatnot. And that stuck with me for a few years and that, that got to me mentally. And so that's why I took on meditation. That's why, that's why I was very proactive about mindfulness and, and learning about neuroscience and discovering people like Dr. Joe Dispenza. When neurons fire together, they wire together and it's this concept and reality of that we can actually break our habits we can rewire and reprogram ourselves and to realize that um, all the shit and triggers that we think that we have or that we do have um, the, the reasons aren't because of us it's not because I'm a bad person that I get triggered when you do this to me it's not because I'm bad yeah. it's because I was programmed that way it's yeah. because mm. my emotions the way that I thought the, the reactions that I was trained to have since I was a baby growing up to age two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, throughout 15, 16, your formative years, you've become pre-programmed to a sense where now all of the actions that I have, the thoughts and habits that I do, they're yeah. more react reactive impulses than actually being truthfully thought out responses. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where we actually, as the people kind of, I feel like <clears throat> collectively, just with this presidential election, I feel getting more coverage than it has been in the past because perhaps Trump has polarized and yeah. made us more a little aware, right. like stirring the pot. I feel like in that sense, what we do as a nation collectively is also reflective of what's going on in our individual psyche as well, yeah. of this consciousness and awakening mm-hmm. and, and going to a higher vibration. And so I feel like it is possible for the American people to be mobilized and to be inspired and to turn out in a voter turnout that we haven't seen before for this upcoming March primary election in our state and other states, it's different primary elections mm-hmm. or in the general election. And, I, and I'm hopeful that that could be the case because if you look at people around you, there's, there's a lot of self-help, self self-awareness take care of yourself be kind to yourself self-compassion meditation and so when i see people individually working on themselves that's what's the that's what's really one of the most effective where 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 if we are individually working on ourselves we're actually connecting with our hearts and our minds and thinking oh what is it that i want right now what's going on with me why am i feeling this way why am i why am i being triggered this way and kind of going deeper and asking those whys and realizing oh there's that area of of hurt that I that I probably need to talk about and address or oh mm-hmm. I know the reason behind that and so when we're working on ourselves we're actually collectively working together as a mass group of people as well mm-hmm. and so I think with that sense um, that's why I'm so kind of involved into meditation because it's helped um, and and I don't know if you guys are aware there's this thing called the amygdala where it's sort of in 
in between our ears and, and, and in our brain. But it, it's the fright, flight, or freeze mechanism where mm. back in the days when we were cavemen and there mm. was animals about to eat us or kill us, like we're always on the move and that's where we have our adrenaline rushes and like we're always constantly doing that. But mm. then during the normal periods of state, our amygdala should not be triggered or activated. It should be calm. But now we're living in a society because of the chronic economic anxiety. Our amygdalas are always in this fright, flight, freeze mode. We're always thinking. We're constantly thinking about what to do next. Yeah. And so the moment we wake up, we're just swallowed up in our thoughts that we're actually not present. Where we're actually living inside of our thoughts, inside of our wow. head. Instead of actually living outside of my eyes into this world and matrix around me. Wow. Where we're able to live right here and not inside here. Mm. And so it's because now we haven't realized that our amygdala now is always keeping us running here so that by the end of the day, now we're really tired mm -hmm. because our amygdala has been working 24 seven. And so now we have to sleep. But then once we're able to realize, oh shit, like if I'm able to calm down my amygdala and that's what, one of the ways to do that is meditation and actually increases the gray hippocampus area in your brain and it connects the synapses more. So you're wow. able to think more clearly, nice. clearly you're able to take deeper breaths. You're able to sort of relax a little bit and where you're able to sort of make a decision from here in conjunction with here instead of only from here. Because when we come to a point where we're just only living within our thoughts, we've kind of cut off everything from neck down and making huge life decisions that we have instead of kind of really tapping in here. And that's why we see sometimes people being so fickle with their careers or their transitions or whatnot, because we're all trapped up here in terms of, oh, but then I think that's what is supposed to make money or, or I, because that's the hottest thing I should be doing that or mm. no, if I do this, people will think of me more highly or because, and so it's, it's because we're all trapped up here instead of really connecting down here when we have all the answers down here. Mm. And it's that one, well, it's that one thing that you were born into this world or matrix or video game or simulation, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah. There's this one shit I mean, it doesn't have to be one exact thing, but there's multiple things that why you were born into this world, why mm. you were born into this world that nobody else can fulfill, that mm. nobody else can do except for you, Luigi, except for you, Willie. Mm. And it's for us to be able to realize, holy fuck, I'm fucking great. Like, mm. I'm fucking unique. There's something that I can offer to the world that no other soul in the world can offer. Wow. And it's coming to this realization and deep knowing that holy fuck like this is the prayer that we should all have dear god help us realize how great we are and in that sense of like coming together like guys we're not we don't have to act as weak pawns yeah. being told to work all day and then that's it for the rest of your life we're, we're powerful and we're great we're, we're yep. so much better than that and it's kind of turning on that i don't know if you guys watched uh was it was is it Westworld yeah, where yeah. The, the robots sort of realize holy shit what's going on yeah yeah like, yeah what their self awareness like, we've kicks been up. programmed what like well, and I think it's I think it's that and I think that's what our subconscious is trying to also show us in terms of this mix of dystopian movies in Hollywood it's yeah. also showing us something deeper too with Walking Dead with right. the zombies with the androids now realizing becoming self aware in a dark sinister way it's also showing us and saying hey guys 
there's some truth that we're not really getting, but we know that's there. Right. Something's not going right, but we mm. feel it. And so now in our writing with our TV writers, now they're writing shit about that where the robots realize, holy shit, we've been programmed. Like, what's yeah. going on? And so we're subconsciously now manifesting that in our entertainment. And so when you look at stuff like that, it's, it's, it's super hopeful still because while you have this dystopian view you also have this this view and perspective of life and what that human truth and life is all about and i think it's this so everything is interconnected and so i think as as a natural result for me because i was so interested in the growth and self-development of yourself as a person um, and really being free because i think to me one of the biggest things about life is freedom what does freedom mean freedom to do whatever you want, when the fuck you want, yeah. however way you want it. And I think for me, that was something that I struggled with, with being in the closet. But now that I'm out, it's just like, holy fuck, there's freedom. And, yeah. and no, <laughs> like it hasn't affected it. It's a, it's not only affected me in that area. Yeah. It's sort of like freed me from fear of judgment in the sense of, oh no, what are they going to think? Oh right. no. But when in actuality, it's yourself thinking that shit about you. It's not them thinking about it. Yeah. yeah, it could be those two seconds they'll remember it, but tomorrow, three days later, they won't remember jack shit about it. It's just mm -hmm. all in our heads. Yeah. And so it's coming to this point of realization, oh shit, it's all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. I mean, obviously it's not, I'm not saying that all of life is like that because yes, right. there's disease yeah. and there's causes and symptoms. And, and yeah. I mean, there's causes and, and, um, and disease and viruses and bacteria with that. But it's just kind of coming to realize, holy shit, a lot of the, the stress that I have is caused by how I've been pre-programmed to think and to be reactionary. Mm -hmm. So let me just take a breath. And, um, Another podcast that, that I listen to is um, called, um, I mean, it's uh, Soul Sunday. It's it's Oprah. But she, <laughs> she says, she says the, 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 the biggest thing that we can give to ourselves in life is time. Mm. Just to take time and to realize, fuck, there's no reason for me oh. to be in a rush. That when I'm in this present moment, when I'm in this conversation with Willie, when I'm in this conversation with Luigi, there's nothing else that we have to do at this moment. Yeah. And just being able to relax because in the present moment is when we have all of our power together. Yeah. But when our minds are thinking about what to, what happened in the past or what we have to do in the future, we're, we're spreading our energy out and we're spreading our power thin. And so it's when we're the most powerful is when we're all in the present moment. And so it's calling back our thoughts from the past, from the past day. And kind of, there are moments where, for example, where you need to take out the garbage in the, in the kitchen garbage can. So you need to open the lid, take it out, empty it, close back the lid, but you don't leave the garbage lid open the entire time and so that's the same way with our thinking mind there are times where you need to plan for the future i'm not saying don't plan and just live a worry-free life um like like a like a buddhist monk that lives by himself or herself but in the sense of there are times where we plan for the future do that but you don't leave the kitchen garbage trash can open all day. You'll stink up the place. Right. So you don't live your mind with just your thinking mind. You live it with here. And it's always. And so I think it's coming to that to that moment of, dude, there's there's something going on. And I think um, and what is that? And start asking the questions. And so not only with yourself, but then with the government and with the society that you're living in, yeah. there's something going yeah. on. Like, even though, even though people in our district don't know that our congressman takes money from big pharma, from 
the biggest healthcare companies and big pharma and and he preaches universal medicare even though our people don't know that he takes money from student debt collectors but he preaches uh free public college even though they don't know that mm. people still fucking feel it yeah. they feel yeah. that something's going wrong and an example of this and i and i and I, this i just said this to somebody else was an example of this is in the last election two years ago for this district, my friend Kenneth Mejia, he ran with the Green Party against the current congressman. And in our district, only 0.8% are registered green. Wow. My friend won fucking almost 30% of the vote. Wow. wow. And so to say that, it's like these Democrats where the district only 0.8% are green, 30% of the Democrats voted for him yeah. because they felt that some shit's not going right yeah. some some shit is wrong yeah. and so and so it's like kind of being aware guys like don't doubt yourself like what you feel is true too in that sense and so yeah. your and gut I think, does not lie to you yeah, yeah and exactly. i think what you pointed out is now it's the era in history where the people need to step up again as the fourth branch of the government mm-hmm. and take action it's no they yes. definitely take action oh my god action is necessary I, at this moment yeah but that's what you're here for yeah and we're gonna follow you every step of the way oh my goodness all yes. of our listeners in la do your due diligence vote 34th congressional march 3rd 2020 march 3rd. Oh, last day to register february 17 if you okay. don't live in los angeles Commit to five friends that might live in Los Angeles or five family members. Yeah. Text, tweet, message them. Yeah, tell them to vote. Please awesome. do. Yeah, that's what, and that's... don't do it for David. Don't do it for us. Do it for yourselves. Do it for the community. Do it for the betterment of society. Because we've been stagnant, quite frankly, and we're we can't call ourselves the greatest nation and fail in every category. So we're gonna start, and each of us is gonna do our part. And it'll add up. It'll add up. So whether it be like jumping on a campaign in your area or on my campaign, whether it be texting, phone calling, whatever, go ahead and do it. Yeah, please do. Donate. Um, Don't be shy. Don't be stingy. DavidKim2020.com. Yes. Yes. DavidKim2020.com. Yes, we Kim. Yes, we Kim. Yes, we Kim. Let's go, baby. Clear the haze. This is another one. Yeah. You want to leave the people with any last words, David? Um, no, I just wanted to yell out my social media really yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yes, do it, do it. please. Twitter is David Kim twenty twenty. Facebook is David Kim for Congress. Instagram is David Kim for Congress. That's awesome. Nice. I, I just wanted to say one last thing. Um, I feel like we were touching on this, but we never quite said it. Um, predictive programming. That's kind of what we were talking about. A lot of the sense of what we watch on television, but we never said it. Um, but it just popped in my head right now. And I was like, I have to say it because some people are going to be like, they were talking about something, but they didn't say what it was. It was predictive programming. Basically, someone, you know, creates something and you see it on television and then you're like, wait, that's dystopian or, oh, that's sci-fi that's futuristic they're basically planting a seed in your head saying if the world turns to this one day we'll tell you oh remember it was just like westworld and you'll be like i was okay with it when i watched the show so i guess i'm okay with it now and that's basically it but i just wanted (laughs) to say that right at the end because it just popped into my head and i needed to say it um and it's and it's our freaking show and we can do whatever we want we can do whatever the fuck we want 
We hope you guys enjoyed it. David Kim, guys, go out and yes. vote if you're in District 34. We're going to be rooting yes. for him all the way. He's going to come back once he wins, and he's just going to tell us all about it. And this, if you're in District 43, come to District 34. Say, I live in Koreatown, yeah. and vote for David Kim. Exactly. Let's exactly. do it. Let's do it. All right, guys, we'll catch you guys on the next one. David, we loved having you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. See ya. Bye.